You're now listening to the Inside Out Podcast with Jimmy Hunt. Get it. Welcome to Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. My job is simple. Improve my mental fitness through any means possible and deconstruct what works, what doesn't, and what I think may be able to help you become mentally fitter. And quite often, they lead me to some pretty interesting people, places, and stories. And today is another relationship episode with a lovely and beautiful Libby Grace. Hi, Libby. Hi, Jimmy Hunt. And if you don't know, that's my wife. <laughs> now, today's episode, I don't know how long it's going to be. It might be quite short. Depends what we, what we get into on this. But it's sort of a fundamental concept in our relationship that I think we need to unpack a little bit because I think it's of value to people. And that is a simple saying, which is, I do not own you and you do not owe me anything. Crazy, eh? You do not own, I do not own you and you do not owe me anything. And I guess the simplest deconstruction of that is that, you know, we are individual humans on our own path through this life. And, you know, we're not owned by anybody and we don't own anybody. And that, you know, nobody owes us anything. Even if we have you know, sort of technically done stuff for them. It doesn't mean that they owe us anything because, you know, we did it out of our own free will. And so that basic tenet is a little bit unique in a lot of relationships, especially when you look back through history and you look at the, you know, the idea of marriage, for example, where that used to be, uh, literally, I own you, you are my property. And we all know that that was uh, the males that ended up owning the females. And the idea of original marriage was to be able to uh, prove legitimate ears. Um, and really, uh, in, my, in my small, quick little bit of research, Marriage for love only really started to become a thing in the 1500s, and before that, it was it was literally about about property. And you know, the idea of love marriages have have changed the way that we think about relationships. But I still feel that there's a lot of people who feel that when they are married, you know, they are each other's property, even if it's an even. Uh, male-female thing. And Libby and I don't quite agree with that. Would that be a fair statement, Libby? Yeah, absolutely. So what what is this what does this saying mean to you? Um so for me, well I first heard it when we went to a um the talk, I guess a seminar. Um, that a friend invited us to and the woman who was speaking 
um, literally said those words. That that was one of the greatest lessons she'd learned in her life in relation to her husband and her child and the relationship she had with her husband and her son. And it made her or helped her to navigate those relationships better by understanding that, especially I think in relation to her son, that even though she'd given birth to him and given him everything and put him through school or whatever, you know, all of those things that go on with, with raising children, she had to come to a realization where he didn't owe her anything for all, of, for all of that, even though she'd put in all that time and effort and energy and money and whatever. She felt sometimes bad if he didn't um, respect the fact that she'd done all that or, you know, give her something back in return. And, and it was a big lesson for her. And it really made a penny drop for me when I listened to that in respect to all of the relationships I've been in. And I'm, I'm talking about romantic partnerships and, um, you know, familial relationships as well. There was always this heavy sense of duty or this heavy sense of, um, you, you've done all this for me, I now owe you, or, you know, on a more on a romantic partnership level, when you become entwined with that person, I believed, I used to think that they are now yours, you don't share them in, with anyone, and they are kind of not your property necessarily, but you've got a really unique bond together, and that, that they kind of owe you, these maybe unwritten or unspoken rules um, that you deserve, that you um, that they should be, you know, doing all these things for you because they're yours now and, and you're theirs, vice versa. Um, so it was a real, it really blew my mind to hear that that could be a concept and that could be a really healthy concept in a relationship to let go of that. Well, you're my husband, boyfriend, partner, whatever. So therefore you're mine and look at all these things that I do for you. I cook for you. I clean for you. I, you know, I support you in your career. I do all of these wonderful things for you. And then not having my expectations met used to drive me crazy because I like, look at it would do my nut because I look at everything I do for you. This is how I show you. I love you. And these are the things that I do. And you, I remember you used to say to me, but I don't ask you to do those things. And I, I almost, it would just drive me absolutely bonkers because no, you didn't ask me to do those things, but I did them because that was my way of showing you. I loved you. And, um, then I expected my needs to be fulfilled, fulfilled by you in return. That was the, that's the contract, you know, that's the exchange we have. That's the, the transaction or part of our relationship. I give you, give me back what I need. I give you what I think you need. And, and when that wasn't happening, it took for this woman to say, to say that phrase for me to go, Oh, Jimmy doesn't actually owe me anything. It's my choice to do those things for him. It's my choice to, to show him love in that way. And, if he reciprocates, it's up to him. It's not up to me to tell him what he owes me. It's not up to me to even believe that he owes me. Um, and I remember I'm looking out, used to say. I'm looking sorry, out the window ahead. right now and uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's kind of like a gardener turning up, mowing your lawns or cutting your hedges or whatever, and then knocking on the door and demanding payment. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but I did this for you. But I, but yeah. I mowed your lawns and cut your hedges. 
And you're like, yeah, uh, yeah bro, but I, I didn't ask you I to do that. I didn't ask you to. It was a real turning point for me because not that I really consciously, not at all did I consciously go into relationships thinking in a transactional way, but it was just that that was what I was, that was my idea of what a relationship was. That was how I'd understood relationships because of what had been modeled when I was younger and and then just my beliefs about what made a, a relationship work was that, you know, there was that give and take and give and take or whatever. But hearing that there was a way to be like, look, you're two individual people. You're not owned. I mean, I was, let's face it, I was owned um, as a child. I was definitely not a free, um, you know, I wasn't free to do whatever I wanted or, um, you know, even have my own belief system or anything like that. I was very, I was very strictly managed for want of a better word. And then I modeled that in my relationships as well. I had, I, I was attracted to men who put limits on me or I perceived put limits on me. And so I felt like I was owned. And especially when I was married previously, I, I believed that being in a marriage meant that, um, you know, the two of you, you know, belonged to each other and owed each other things. You know, that was quite, that's the, the concept like you said earlier, the concept of marriage. And so to and have so that, both you and I stood on an altar, not an altar altar, but we stood in front of people and we proclaimed that we were going to be with this other person forever. We were yeah. now in a sacred bond that uh, that had all of those uh, societal uh, paradigms put around what this relationship was and how we would behave and who we were in mm -hmm. that. And we both did that and we both willingly opted into that. And then we were both sort of let down uh, by those constructs when both of our partners ended up cheating on us. Mm -hmm. And so when we, not that you really decided, but when we decided to uh, get <laughs> married, and I put married in inverted quotes, uh, we, if people don't know, we're not te technically married. Uh, not legally. <laughs> not le yeah, not le yeah, it's a better term. We're not legally married. The we did not go to the Auckland District Court and say, please give us a marriage license. And so we were married in front of our family and our friends, and we call ourselves husband and wife because we believe that we are married to each other, just not legally. But during our vows, we did <laughs> not say that we would be together forever, did we? No. I mean, I, side note, didn't get a chance to write my own vows. So I had to say whatever you'd written on that piece of paper for me. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll tell that story another time. Uh, Libby got ambushed, engaged and married and married in, uh, in, in an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and no, she didn't get to write her own vows, and I wrote them for her, and they were hilarious. But the point is, in general, we did not promise to be together forever because we no. cannot promise forever. 
and we do not own each other. And so instead of promising to be together forever, each morning we wake up and the first thing that we say to each other is, uh, I say, good morning, Libby Grace. My soul chooses to be with you today. And today, that word is, I guess, one of the most important in there, in that I do not choose to be with Libby tomorrow. Now, odds are I will choose to be with her tomorrow, but I only choose to be with her today because today is all we have. We don't know about tomorrow. And the interesting thing with that is when you say that every morning, you can tell if there's something going on. If we're having a fight, you know, we might say that. And we might feel that little bit of, ugh. But more importantly, over time, is that if we started drifting away, we'd be able to feel that. And I'm a believer that absolutely there are two people whose life paths will be in parallel, side by side, forever. Absolutely. That's an absolute possibility. But I also think it's a, it's a rarity. I think... Our paths will go in parallel for a while. They might go out a bit. They might come back in again. They might go in and out like a helix and you come back and forth, whatever. But my simple belief is that if Libby's path is diverging from mine, and it's diverging from mine because of where she needs to go, then who am I to try and pull her back onto my path? I think that's a ridiculously selfish thing to do because I am literally doing something that is a detriment to Libby. I'm pulling her off her path to come onto my path. And so that might be the hardest thing I ever have to do sometime in a, in a future but I am of the belief that I would absolutely have to let her go for her benefit because I do not own her and I cannot force her to to come on my path. And that's Yeah. You think what sorry. I think that's one of the if you um read the vows I have actually wrote on the um photo behind you actually um you i think in there i'm pretty sure in there i write about how that is such that is the most beautiful gift i was ever given is is having a relationship with somebody who allowed me like that complete freedom to be myself to be to be going on whatever my path was whatever it was that i needed to be a whole and complete human to be almost given that permission for the first time in my life to be like you are your own person go and be you and do it however you want and 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 please like follow whatever you need to follow to be whole and good and i am going to do the same and i've never been granted that 
I'd never granted it to myself because of those beliefs around relationships that I'd held and, and the relationships I'd been in that they didn't lend themselves to that real freedom to be, this is who you are. You're not my possession. You're not, I want to be with you, but I want you to be the best you can be. And that might mean that you go off on a different trajectory and being able to, to accept that and to be given that was, that was life-changing for me. And it allowed me to then go, that's what I, I want to give you. I want to give you the same level of freedom and, and, um, support that you've given me to go off and find whoever it is that you are. Um, early on, early on you came to me and you said, I want to cut my hair. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And now if, you, if you've seen a picture of Libby now, uh, you'll see that she has uh, shaved sides and pink hair. And when I first met Libby, she had long blonde hair. And she came to me one day and she said, I'm thinking about cutting my hair. Is that okay with you? And I was like, what? She's like, you know, is it okay if I cut my hair? I said, what the fuck are you asking me for? <laughs> if you want to cut your hair, go cut your fucking hair. And she was like, oh, oh, Okay. And then she said, I think about dyeing my hair. Is that okay with you? I was like, have we not fucking got this? <laughs> I said, if you want to go cut and dye your hair, go and cut and dye your hair. Like, I'm not, I'm not the gatekeeper to your head. Um, do, whatever you, do whatever you like. And, you know, she's like, oh, okay. And off she went. And I sat there going, that was weird. Why would she ask me? if she could do that. And then it was only after we actually sat down and talked about it that, you know, your ex-husband wouldn't let you cut cut your hair. You know, well, uh, growing up you weren't allowed to cut your hair. Yeah, growing up more. My, my ex-husband didn't not allow me to cut my hair. I still had, you know, some choice there, but I he definitely had a vocal opinion about what he preferred me to look like. And it was kind of like, I, you know, if I didn't look that way, I'd be a bit of, you know. Yeah, which be, is the same thing with a different fucking veneer on it. Well, I mean, yeah, it was what I used to. I grew up in a, in an environment where there's absolutely, even if I cut a centimeter off my hair, it would have been uh, dire. Um, but, yeah, I obviously went into relationships where, um, having a man kind of tell you what you should look like and the, the way he preferred you to dress and the, I don't like you in that outfit and, and, you know, I prefer you when your hair is long and you look like this. And so those become part of your relationship. Those things become part of what's expected of you. And that is a part of being owned and owing. That is part of all of that. It's like I owe him not to cut my hair because he doesn't like that. And if he doesn't want me to do that and he doesn't like that, he's not going to like me and then we're not going to have a good relationship and he might leave me and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, for you to – of course I asked you. Of course I asked you if it was all right. You know, what do you think if I cut my hair? And in my mind I was was partly – it was partly because of conditioning but also partly because of – um, I wanted to know what you what you thought. Would you like it? Because I still wanted you to be attracted to me. <laughs> you know, you might be like, you know what? Actually, I prefer girls with I prefer long hair on a girl. But you know, do whatever you want. I still like you as a person. But you know, there's a there's a it's kind of 
in my mind, I was like, oh, it's an innocent question. But I realized afterwards how loaded it was and how much it made me reflect on myself. And why do I yeah. do that? Why do I ask permission for things? Yeah. And, and there's a big difference in the intention of the question. Because if I came yeah. to you, if I came to you today and I said, look, Libby, um, I'm thinking about shaving my beard off. What do you think? Yeah, but what no, do you think so, about that? No, this is different. <laughs> you, that's, we can't use that example because it is the one, the one rule. That is the one hypocritical rule that I will hold on to until I die. It's instant divorce, and you know, I know. that. I know it's a hypocritical. But if I said I'm going to, I'm going to shave my head today. What do you think about that? Um, you know, I'm literally going not to ask for your permission, but to ask for your opinion. Yeah, and exactly. and yeah. if you said yeah. if you said no and I said, Well, look, I'm gonna go do it anyway, you know, then we'd both be like, Oh well, all right then. Um yeah. and not so, a fan, so there's a, but not yeah, a fan, whatever. but yeah, yeah. We're not divorcing over it. No, the, the beard, beard though. The beard, oh my god, you cut that off. <laughs> <laughs> you say yeah. it, but if I cut it off, you'd still love me and still be married to me. Well, you've still got a few months left in New Zealand. I won't have to see you in person, so it will go back by the time you get home. Well, that's a, that's a good point because one of the other times earlier on, we were traveling and you said, um, I think I want to go to Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. And interestingly, it only just popped into my head now um, was that when my previous marriage broke up, just as just before we broke up, my ex-wife said, I'm going to go up to North Queensland for a couple of weeks. Um, and then when she came back, we got divorced. And so – there was actually a little bit of history and a little bit triggered there, but you said, I want to go to Guatemala for, what was it? How long were you gone in, in total? Like three or four like months? Three, yeah, I think it was yeah, three or four by the end of it. Yeah, you're like, I want to go away for three or four months. And I was like, cool, like go away. Um, and, you know, three or four months without your partner is a lot. And a lot can happen in a foreign country and, uh, you know, all sorts of things going on. And I felt like I didn't want to go. You invited me to go, but I didn't want to go. And I just knew that that was a path that you needed to take. And what a gigantic fuckwit I would have been <laughs> to, to deny you the ability to go and do that. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we were we'd been traveling already for several months at that point, and we were we were in the states, I think, and we'd traveled through Mexico a little bit, and then you needed to get back to New Zealand for work. But I was, I was like, I'm not going back. I don't, I can't. I'm not ready. And I would have half expected any other partner to be like, well, we're going back. It's our tickets are. We live in New Zealand. We, you know, we're in a relationship, and. But I, yeah, I knew for sure that that was something I needed to go and do, um, go and learn Spanish and go and immerse myself in another culture and go somewhere where, you know, I had several things, you know, kind of little coincidences where Guatemala just was like, that's where I need to go. And out of that, 
that was quite a life-changing experience for me in, in a lot of ways met a met some people met one particular person who has become a very close friend of mine and you know had some really great experiences but we literally were separated for the three or four months that I was in Guatemala and Mexico alone um and I would never have done that in previous relationships it would it would have scared me so much to do or to even think about asking to do or to think about even the thought of to be honest the thought of wanting to do that would have made me think what's wrong with my relationship if I don't want to be with them 24 hours a day seven days a week I had such um codependency in my relationships that being even away for a couple of days was it felt wrong. It felt, oh, I mean, you know, I'd get stomachache. And then to think, oh, I don't want to be with my, what were you at the time? Were we married? Yeah, I think we'd be, yeah, we'd recently been married. Um, you know, to be without my husband for that length of time would have sort of set something off of me, like there's something wrong with my relationship if I don't want to be with him all the time. And I remember speaking to somebody um, who I won't name when, while I was there who was, in fact, more than one person, several people were concerned about our relationship. Are you and Jimmy still together? I heard, I heard that a bunch of times at my end too. Yeah, like when we said how long we were away for, like she's where or he's, he's what? Why are you guys okay? Are you, are you still together? It's like, yeah, we're just doing something different from each other for a while. And it was really important in my evolution as a human being. It was very, very important that I spend that time on my own and I and I go and do something that, frightened the living daylights out of me at first I arrived in Guatemala knowing about four words of Spanish in a tiny tiny little village where no one spoke any English so it was a you know it was a huge big deal for me um to do that and I was what 37 at the time I think so it wasn't like I was a young person off on a fun little trip are we gonna go to a backpacker you know stay at the backpackers and meet some young people and go traveling around it was you know, it's changed the course of our lives. And that's what eventually led us to living in Mexico, the time we spent in Mexico before that trip and and the month or so I spent there on the way back. Was, it was pivotal in our relationship doing that. So had you said, no, you're not doing that, we're going back to New Zealand, it would have been, well, you know, I don't know what would Different happen. future. Alternate cool. reality Possibly. future. Yeah. But, I mean, and – and this is the this is the thing that we we all need to understand is that growth is not linear and that growth is not the same for each person mm. and we have to be able to go and find that growth in whatever way it comes to us so you know, sometimes we just have to let that person go and do those experiences, learn those things or whatever. Now, mm-hmm. I want to take it a little bit further and say, let's say, let's say you went to Guatemala for, for four months and over there you met a person who uh, you fell madly in love with, and you said, "I'm never coming home. See you later. I'm out." Mm-hmm. And then I never heard from you ever again. Now, that would 
hurt, obviously. We're human beings, so that would hurt. But I would also understand that I don't own you. You don't owe me anything. And now your path has taken a bit of a drastic turn in another direction. And that's where you've gone. Now, mm-hmm. one of the reasons I can feel like that is because that has already happened to me. Mm-hmm. When I was a young man, I was with a girl for about three years and she went overseas for six months to teach English in South Korea. And then a couple of days before she was coming home, she sent me a message saying that she uh, was going to Hawaii for a week or so on holiday and she'd be back after that. And I was like, okay, cool. And then uh, a week later, I got a message saying, I love you very much, but I uh, am not coming home and I'm not going to see you again. Goodbye. And I was like, what? Like, and we, as young, stupid people, we talked about marriage and babies and stupid stuff like that. And, like, I was devastated. It ripped my heart out, and I just didn't understand. And then uh, it was actually months after that that I got her best friend really drunk, and she told me what had happened. And it was literally on a stopover on the way home. She met a guy in the American military at the airport, and he said – He must have been one smooth-talking motherfucker because he convinced her on that stopover to that he would pay for her to go on holiday to Hawaii with him, and then he'd buy her a ticket back to New Zealand after that if she wanted. And then in the end, she went back to America with him, and I think it was within about three months that they got married, and apparently they had multiple children. And mm-hmm. I know nothing after that, so that's still like, ugh, say, seventeen years ago, um, and I, I've, I don't, I know nothing after seventeen years. And I look back, and yeah, it hurt, and it was, it was hard, and everything. But man, if she's still married and she had three kids, and like, like, yeah. how rad is that for her? What yeah. a, what an amazing story she gets to say. Yeah. I met a dude at the airport. I left the yeah. man I was with, and and off it goes. And even if it was a even even if it was a ridiculous mistake, then it's yeah. like even if like her life maybe maybe she's a drug addicted prostitute. I don't even know, but whatever whatever that is, that's her. But but for me, it hurt. But the alternate life I could have lived is I could be married or divorced from her with three kids mm. and mm. like, oh, shit, that's not actually mm. – <laughs> that's not where I wanted to be either. And yeah. that just goes back to the understanding that we don't know what's right for us. Mm. We, don't, we don't know. And so we hold on to these particular people or relationships thinking we know what's right, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's another prong to it as well. Um, In terms of our relationship, getting to that point where I'm in a foreign country and I come to you with this news of I've met somebody and it's all over, that 
now would have to come to you as a very big surprise because of the, the depth of our relationship and the amount of communication we have and the fact that we talk about everything. So leading up until that point, you would know well before that, hey, I'm actually not sure about stuff and I might be searching for X or whatever. We would have an awareness that that there's no come waltzing in and sweep me off my feet like a Nicholas, Nicholas Sparks book. It's not – that's – Certainly, the way we've constructed our relationship, that would be a, a once one in a billion chance. Whereas past relationships, yeah, the, and then when I've got and oh, this guy comes along, and that that would more likely happen. But because of the fact that we are on the level that we are, I think that that would be a very um, it would be a very it's unplausible really, the, the, for us where we're at. It's, yeah, so there wouldn't be that surprise element. But having said that, like you said, if that did happen, we would have those conversations around, well, this is right for me right now. And I know that where we're both at, should something happen to you the same of the same vein, whether it be a, a person come along that you want to follow or – an opportunity that is, goes against our life, current lifestyle, I we would have those awkward or, or painful discussions about, oh, well, this looks like we're no longer going to be, you know, in a unit. But, wow, how exciting, how wonderful it is. And on top of that, if you look at um, – if you look at it now, having the experiences that we've both had about having – past marriages that have ended and been painful and then moving on to what I've got with you now from my perspective, the amount of growth and love and expansion and all our relationship, I would hope that my ex-husband would look at me now and go, wow, good for her. That's amazing. And if I saw that that was what was happening for you, another woman came into your life that drew you in a different Direction, and I, I looked at that and went, wow, look at the growth he's now been able to achieve on his path with her or separately, whatever. That just make would make me feel so proud for you and happy for you now. Whereas in the past, having, that having come would just be like a, an absolute stake through the heart and, oh, my God, my life is over. I don't want to be without this man. Well, who am I without him? Blah, 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 blah. But just seeing, just because we've given ourselves that, understanding of we are individuals our main goal in, in this life that we've been given is to every day be better than we were and evolve and grow and, and and figure out what it what it is that makes us happy and what it is that makes us love and given it we've both given each other that space and that permission for want of a better word to go and do that Whatever that looks like, we have to accept because you don't owe me anything and I don't own you. We have to accept yeah. whatever it looks like, even if it's painful, based on that that fact. And the fact that we understand that we need to be complete humans on our own and this relationship does not complete us, it mm -hmm. simply supplements our life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a that's a key component to the I do not own you thing. I think one of the reasons that people uh, hold on to ownership of 
other people in relationships is that they feel that if they lost that person, that they would be significantly impacted in, in who they are as a whole. Agree. Yeah. And that's, that's me and my past relationships. Who was yep. I without that person? I identified as that relationship. I identified as a part of a family until I was no longer a part of that family. I identified with all of my boyfriends as a part of a couple. And I didn't have a very good understanding of myself. I didn't have education in, in how to be a whole human until the last 10 years of my life. That's when my, my re-education really started on to to understanding me and and being whole alone. That's when you walked in. (laughs) I was like, yay, I'm single. I can be whoever I want to be. And literally six weeks later in my life arrives this scruffy man. Yeah, who then said he's happy for you to be anything you want to be. Exactly. How unexpected (laughs) unconventional and unexpected and this is it i'm I'm forever encouraging you to be whatever you want to be and you know quite often you don't know what you want to be um (laughs) you don't just encourage it it's almost like you're like pushing me towards it because i had it well i mean not so much anymore but i had a reluctance to to pursue it because i because of everything that had gone on in the past and me not having very good um, or a very high level of self-esteem. I, I had, you know, my self-worth was negative when you met me, well, before you met me. Um, and so having someone not only support me wanting to go off and do whatever it was that made me happy, but actively encourage and, and almost force me to do it because I was reluctant to, that was, yeah. you know, crazy. Well, I don't want to be in a codependent relationship. You know, I want I want a partner who is her own person, who does yeah. her own things, and we just happen to be doing them together and helping each other. Because mm-hmm. if you died tomorrow, I'd be sad, obviously, but I'm still who I am. Mm-hmm. I you know I I would just I would I would continue doing the same things. You bring so much joy, beauty, care, love, everything to my life. I love having you in it. But my core values and my core, you know, who I am wouldn't change if you disappeared tomorrow. No. And that's what I want in a partner, that if I died tomorrow, yep, they'd be sad, um, but Mm. they would still be who they are. They wouldn't feel like they'd lost a gigantic part of them and wonder what mm. to do next. Yeah, and I think the situation we're currently in, because I've been working on that, I guess, for the last, let's say, 10, 11 years, that's been a huge part of my development is to learn to be okay on my own, learn who I, about who I am and understanding that and feeling complete and whole on my own. And that's a long process. It's a, it's not always easy. You're not, if you're not born with it, if you're, you know, if your experiences have led you into a, a different kind of understanding of the world, it's a tough journey. And so um, the universe and it's great infinite wisdom 
took you away to New Zealand for what three months, for nearly four months last year, and that was yeah. tough. That was brutal for me. It was, it was there was obviously a lot going on for everybody and on a global level um, through a pandemic and you know, instability and all of that sort of thing. So compounding that with then having you not be there and. I'm used to you going away. I'm used to you going away for two, three weeks, sometimes five or six weeks at a time, and that's manageable because it's a, sh- it's a short-ish amount of time. Um, I'm used to you going away five or six times a year for several weeks at a time. But that last year was tough, really tough for me. And then when you said I need to go back to New Zealand for what's actually going to be seven months this time, it was a scary concept again because I miss you it's we you know you're my soulmate you're my best friend I love you I love hanging out with you you're a big part of my day um so knowing I wasn't going to have that for seven months was like oh he's not going to be here and I have to do everything on my own and be independent which is fine but sometimes you just you want your partner there it's that's natural but I believe and I know you agree with me on this is that the universe and its wisdom has said you need to learn this for real Libby you need to literally be on your own and in life for an extended period of time and learn to be comfortable with that and this time around obviously it's been already a lot different you've been gone for over two months now and I barely even care (laughs) barely even notice <laughs> no, I'm joking, obviously, but it's you know it's gone very quickly this time, and I've I'm dealing with stuff. I'm dealing with a cockroach infestation of mammoth proportions. Thank you, coastal Mexico, and you know sick cat and stuff and all of that. And I'm doing fine. it on my own, and I'm fine, absolutely fine. And I, yeah, I miss you. There's days where I miss you a lot, and there's days where I don't miss you at all. Um, but it's definitely part of the course of, of learning to be a whole individual. Um, and I think without that, without without the ability to be a whole individual, it's very hard to uh, enact what this podcast is actually all about, oh. I, that I do not own you and you do not owe me anything. And so like a lot of the things that we will talk about in this podcast, things that we've learned, the lessons that are very uh, intellectual maybe, like you can, you, can, you can understand them on an intellectual level, but to actually embody them is a whole different story altogether. And a lot of them – the theory is, uh, as far as I think, the theory is to learn these things as much as you can. And if you can't embody them right now, that, that's fine. But remember them as, as lessons that, you know, that, that, are, that, are, that are real. And then as we do the work as humans trying to be mentally fitter, trying to move up the continuum, trying to raise our vibrations, whatever you want to call it, those lessons end up dropping in over time in particular situations or uh, epiphanies one day and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. 
I get that and I understand that and now I can apply it to my current life situation. And I think that's what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to give these lessons that you know one day might fall into place because Libby and I did not always feel this way. Uh, and you know we've learned these things over time. And the reason that we bother to tell you about them now is because we think that they are fundamental pillars to helping our relationship be better, and maybe they could be fundamental pillars to help your relationships be better. Mm. It's definitely strengthened our relationship by just that basic understanding of that concept that that comes back to, we come back to it quite often. We might, may not say it out loud as often as we used to, um, but it's definitely if something comes up where it's like, oh, that makes me feel uncomfortable. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's Jimmy being Jimmy. That's Jimmy doing, being a human, having his human experience and doing what he needs to do in this life. Okay, cool. Got to be okay with that. Even if it goes against the things that I you know, really hold dear, which uh, now those incidences are few and far between because we, we, We've kind of come together. We very similar on our um, morals and our, you know, kind of basis for living a good life. Yeah, and so I, I kind of summed up the podcast, and I was going to end it there, but I'll just throw a caveat at the end. Um, you know, I do not own you, and I do, and you do not owe me anything. But if you're being a dick, if you're being hurtful, <laughs> if you're doing things that are not good for the relationship, it just doesn't mean oh, well, that's just that person. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have the ability to speak up about it and discuss it and you know, take action off the back of that, whether it's to uh, send them into a timeout or uh, you know, leave them or you know, whatever. It's not, about, it's not about just taking what the other person is. Um, because there's plenty of times that I've done things and you've called me out on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I could just throw the argument, you don't own me. I don't owe you anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, I could, yeah. I, I, could th- I could throw that back at you. Yeah. Um, but I don't because of the work that I've done. And when you sit down and you actually you get deep with that, you get brutally honest with it, you take ownership of that behavior and you actually really look at it and you're like, Oh, that was just a dick move. I shouldn't have done that, and I'm going to change my behavior in the future. So it's not yeah. its not a get-out-of-jail-free card for being a dick. That's but my caveat does, at the end. Yeah, it gives, and it gives you a chance to align yourselves in the relationship with, well, this is what I kind of expect or hope for in this relationship, and you're not doing that. Does that align with what you expect in a relationship, yes or no? And you can kind of either decide, well, yes, cool, let's work together towards that, or no, is that something that I can, you know, continue on this relationship with or isn't it? And that's where you end up having, again, that permission to be you and do what's right for you and what, what makes you happy. So, yeah, it's definitely it's another strengthening, another bonding and strengthening um, opportunity in your relationship. I don't own you, Libby Grace, and you don't owe me anything. I'd really like a birthday present, though. No. Thanks for listening. See you. 
That was Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. See you next time.